It's Alum Group's Andrea Lay, Packview's Melissa Burdick, special guest Jackie Donowski from Flywheel, and I'm PVSB, also from Flywheel. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 13th, and it's time for the Fresh Four. Four curated news stories from the past week. We find them polyhistorically intriguing. We hope you do too. They're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence and news. Retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Jackie, kick us off, would you? Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect to bring closed-loop attribution to streaming advertisers. Well, hello there, Fresh Boy listeners. Disney Advertising and Walmart Connect have solidified an agreement to bring the retailer's industry-leading audience solutions and measurement to Disney's addressable streaming inventory. The collaboration will enable enhanced audience targeting and outcome-based measurements for brand campaigns across Disney's streaming portfolio, including Hulu and Disney+. Connecting Walmart's customer insights with Disney's proprietary audience graph will help advertisers reach their desired audiences and measure the impact of their campaigns through closed-loop attribution. Thanks, Jackie. Andrea, over to you. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. NBC Universal and Instacart link up to bring retail media opportunities to TV. NBC Universal and Instacart are expanding their existing partnership to include a new retail media workstream that will enable Instacart's CPG advertisers to connect with consumers via NBC Universal's streaming and linear television content. In late 2023, the companies teamed up to include access to NBC Universal's streaming platform Peacock as part of the Instacart Plus membership package. Now, with this new first-party data collaboration, advertisers will be able to reach consumers through NBC Universal's content and measure the impact of their campaigns by leveraging ad exposure and purchase data from Instacart. Thank you, Andrea. Melissa, what do you have for us? Amazon has announced a new country that they're opening up. Amazon has announced that it will launch a new dedicated website for Ireland in 2025. Currently, most Irish customers use Amazon sites based in the UK or other European countries. The company said the Irish site will mean that users will be able to avoid additional customs charges and currency conversion fees, and it will also lead to faster delivery and returns for many items. All right, over to you, Peter. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Of course, I'm Sri, one of the aforementioned CPG guys, often known as the Omnichannel guy. And my areas that I love are branding, D2C, Omnichannel, PNLs, yeah, PNLs, connected commerce, retail media, and marketplaces. They also lovingly call me the Bronx Bomber CPG guy. And I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Bond, known as the loyalty guru and expert at digital shelf content, retail success, customer data, insight, CRM, and consumer trust. He's known as the eternally hopeful Dodgers fan that never gives up. And I need to point out before I say hello to him, at the time of this recording, I had to introduce him to the no-hitter, the sixth in the season, 
And the first thrown by a Yankee in a long time by Mr. Koei Kluber himself. With that, please join me in welcoming the man with the radio voice himself, also known as 007 or Mr. Bond. How are you today, sir? Mariska Hargaday, Sri. Sorry, I, I have to do my, my Mike Myers. I grew up in this neighborhood in Toronto. It's always fun to do that. Shri, it, it's great. You know, I actually attended a no-hitter, and it was a Yankees no-hitter. I was at Yankee, old Yankee Stadium when Doc Gooden threw a no-hitter pitching for the Yankees. Not the match, the Yankees. So, uh, magical time. I am very excited for you that you got to, to have that happen last night for the Yankees. So, congratulations. I'm really excited about continuing our conversation in this series today with Brandshare. We had a, we had a great talk the first time about connected sampling. You know that I'm from that space as well and find a tremendous amount of value in, in getting samples into the hands of consumers so that trial can occur and also learning and engagement can begin. So very excited about our conversation today. Thank you so much, Peter. But before I get to our guest, I want to remind our audience that all our content can be found at cpgguys.com. That includes everything from brands, retailers, and lately, even analysts from Royal Bank of Canada, Peter. How about that? And our Women's Leadership Series, which was in the fall of 2020, where we featured women leaders from across CPG and retail and service providers, and we were able to donate $8,000 to the Susan G. Komen Fund. Our ongoing Founders Series of service providers in Q1 and Q2, first half of 2021. All of it indeed. Our show's content is driven by you, aka audience-driven. So please do give us your feedback on who you want to see, what kind of service providers add value to you, and you can do that easily by going to LinkedIn in the search bar, typing CPG Guys, as easy as it is, C-P-G-G-U-Y-S. And all you have to do is hit the giant plus button that says follow. And when you do that, you can be part of this growing family that's growing at least 50 every single day. And you can also leave us a rating on ratethispodcast.com slash CPG Guys. And we really want to thank you also for engaging in our polls that we take from time to time, which helps us shape everything we do on the show. The modern shopping experience, as you know, is ever-evolving. Groceries are delivered to doorsteps, products are discovered on social media, and voice assistants actually make purchasing products so easy. In this dynamic environment, brands are seeking scalable ways to make shopping convenient, as Peter and I take advantage of all of those technologies ourselves. With the shift in consumer shopping behavior, what are marketers supposed to do to sample their products to encourage trial? And if done efficiently, repeat and effectively, as well as for impact. Two words come to mind, connected sampling. Brands should engage consumers in the comfort of their home where product trial is at absolute high, especially given what we went through in this country the last 15 months. But conversations are eternal. And they're every day, all the time. Digital solutions accelerate conversion by moving consumers to the purchase funnel faster. As a result of this, we launched a three-part series in partnership with the brand team at Brandshare. Like a launch your brand to the next level kind of impact? We're talking about a disruptive, engaging experience at scale that instantly connects you with your target consumer. Episode 1, which featured back on May 29th, was with the founder, Doug Geyer. And now our guest for the second part of the series is the president at Brandshare, who has spent his entire 27-year professional career in marketing services. 
Please join Peter and me in welcoming to the CPG Guys podcast, Alan Verdon. Alan, welcome. How are you today? Oh, very well. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Big fan of the CPG guys and the industry that we all follow and, and play in. Thank you, Alan. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And before we get to the questions, would you take a minute just to give our multitasking audience the quick shum- summary of Brandshare's business, including if they want to find you and Brandshare, how they can do it easily? Of course. Yeah, we'll start with uh, where to find us. So, of course, our website is brandshare.us. You could also look for Brandshare on LinkedIn, probably the two easiest ways. And, uh, you know, at 10,000 feet, I always sort of describe our business with three different pillars. One, we uh, have been in the e-commerce business uh, in terms of distributing samples for many years. It's a very efficient way to do mass sampling at scale and very measurable. Uh, the second is we partner with many uh, incredible retail part- uh, retailer partners and uh, help them with their sampling, everything from baby boxes, beauty boxes, subscriptions, uh, health and wellness, college, you name it. And I guess the third part uh, pillar of branch here is our digital tech stack. Uh, how do you make sampling measurable? Uh, you, you know, you were talking about conversational commerce and repeat and dialogue with consumers, uh, adding product to cart. And I guess what it's all about is getting consumers to try new fun products uh, and being able to uh, help consumers to the path of purchase for uh, for trying new things. Thank you so much, Alan. And folks, all of that information can be found in our podcast liner notes. So if you're ever looking, all you have to do is just refer to the liner notes. So one of the things we like to do on the show, Alan, is we like to get to know our guests and who comes and visits us. So can you share for our audience your journey from Syracuse University to Brandshare in New York and what white space in the industry, Tickle the All Pink, that attracted you to Brandshare? Yeah, we're going to the Wayback Machine. When you said 27 years in the industry, I had to sit back and reflect on that a little bit. It's been it's been a journey. Um, but yeah, Syracuse was an incredible experience for me. I was a finance and marketing major. Um, and uh, there was a lot of companies that were recruiting on campus, you know, at that time. I'm sure that still goes on. But one of them at the time was News Corporation. And it was a division specifically called News America Marketing, uh, which you guys, I'm sure, are probably familiar with now uh, called Neptune. And I was hired as sort of a sales development program, starting off as an account manager and then, you know, growing into a sales uh, a sales role. Um, but they really uh, treated me, you know, very very well there and gave me some unique opportunities. So I was able to sort of step out of the sales development process and do sort of an executive training program where I got some exposure to marketing, mergers and acquisitions, human resources, digital, uh, as well as business development and sales. So there was a period of time relatively early in my tenure at News America Marketing where I was able to do a great rotation that gave me uh, a lot of experience, a lot of uh, knowledge um, about not just CPG, but marketing objectives, what the KPIs are, um, and, and ultimately, you know, how to run a business. So uh, across my years at, at News America, um, you may know them. They had a lot of uh, in-store properties that were put up um, at shelf in a uh, very wide-scale uh, group of retailers. Um, of course, they're probably also known for FSIs, right, print coupons in the Sunday paper. And in the latter years, uh, also made a few acquisitions of different digital properties like Checkout 51 and others. So I spent 
uh, a little over 20 years in, in, a, in, a, in a variety of different positions at News America, um, sort of ending up as one of the EVP of sales of New York, uh, Canada. I know that uh, I manage the P&L for Canada, uh, near and dear to your heart. And um, when that all uh, you know came to an end for me, I went over to a company called Touchstorm, uh, which is a little they, they work with many CPG clients, but slightly different pr- platform. Uh, they are a SaaS solution and mostly aimed at helping companies could be consumer packaged goods companies uh, drive organic video, uh, mostly through YouTube. Um, so, you know, think of Procter and Gamble in this, in this example, which was one of their big clients. Um, for Procter and Gamble, if they were looking to educate consumers on how to do men's grooming, uh, ultimately to promote their shaving products, um, we would help, uh, make sure that that those videos were created properly, that they were searchable, um, and use all the, uh, the Google algorithms uh, to the advantage of Proctor. So that was a very fun um, run for a couple of years over at Touchstorm. And then I made my way over to uh, to Brandshare. I was, uh, you know, extremely grateful that um, that the firm that owns uh, Brandshare and, and, and the founding family welcomed me there. Um, I think your question was, what was the white space? And, and really the white space was, how do you sample efficiently? How do you sample effectively? And how do you measure it? So we've been on a journey for the last um, three years, mostly focusing on the measurability of it, not just can you deliver a product into what you hope to be an ideal consumer, um, but then what happens to it and, and what is the conversion? What do people think of the product? You know, how can we test and learn and continue to do things better? Alan, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to speak with you today. I've been in the sampling business for going on a decade now since my time at Dunhumby when they acquired Buzz Agent. So I've, I've had some experience in this space as well. And what a great training ground you had working at News America, uh, a legendary company. I think they actually required all of their employees to wear coat and ties even while working from home during the pandemic. So <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe that's changed. <laughs> and, and still pantyhose as well. Exactly, exactly. Full, full business attire. No, no relief for the weary, even during the pandemic. But in any event, so you mentioned previously that Brandshare's primary business is brand sampling. So sampling's been with us for, for time immemorial. I still remember, you know, pre-pandemic, right? The life before the pandemic. Saturdays at the Costco, going from sampling station to sampling station, right? Trying out products in physical retail, in addition to, to having samples sent to my, to my home. Um, now we're in this world where uh, digital engagement seems to be a predominant focus of brand marketers. And so my question to you is this, um, as the store model is, remove, is rapidly moving to online discovery, why do physical samples still matter? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And, and, and this this business and, and sampling has evolved uh, so much, you know, over the years. There are all sorts of exposure um, for consumers to new products, education about what's out there, what new SKUs, what real new innovation. There's lots of ways to do it. And probably a balance of educating consumers is important. But having consumers actually getting the product into consumers' hands having them taste it, having them feel it, having them try it, you know, I still believe is is critical for a brand. You know, so many of these objectives are right, grow household penetration, um, get re you know, re rinse and repeat and trial, um, you know, drive all of these objectives. 
It is a very crowded world in the digital space and within grocery stores, within the shelves, there are so many choices for consumers. Um, so how, how do you get consumers to first know about a new product, which, you know, the education of that alone is a challenge. And then two, to engage with you. I mean, even pre-COVID, um, that was a challenge, but now with COVID, the, the, the actual shopping of the store is changed, right? People are a little bit more rushed. They're looking at their grocery list a little bit more specifically than than being exploratory. And I also think consumers are a bit bored um, with some of the products they're trying. So we do believe very firmly that um, if you want to grow your household penetration, if you want to grow trial, there's no more, there's no better way than to um, present a sampling opportunity to consumers at home, um, you know, where they're in a sort of a relaxed environment and encourage them to try it. Yeah, all the more now, Alan, that, you know, discovery is largely online. It's a story I, and a conversation I have with the brands I get to touch daily for the last five odd years that, you know, when it comes to an existing portfolio, it's one story with the in-store model, but almost exclusively innovation these days is discovered online because she's spending a majority of her time on the smartphone device. And um, the winners are those that can actually create that sampling moment online. So let's talk about that, Alan. How does Brandshare provide an experience for brands in that scenario when a majority of the action is happening online? How I would word that, Alan, is how do you guys connect physical samples to online discovery and innovation hunts by consumers? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that two ways. One is, you know, brand share can sampling enable any digital media, right? So, so many of these brands are running on Facebook, Instagram, um, obviously, you know, different programmatic and web advertising. There, we very easily can partner with brands if that's their KPI um, to have that experience through a click through of qualifying them for a sample. So, so one, you know, that that's one opportunity. I think a little bit more specifically to your question is we wanted to sort of harness the power of, you know, at home sampling. So again, just for the audience that may not know, you know, Brandshare does a lot of our sampling through e-commerce. So just in a, uh, a quick example here, if your target audience was fashion conscious, athletic females, then, you know, maybe you're thinking Athleta, maybe you're thinking Fabletics. So we might send a sample uh, for somebody that's purchased, uh, just in this example, yoga pants. Um, so they purchase a pair of yoga pants and maybe, again, just using an example, it's Kindbar that uh, is looking to target that specific audience and, and maybe the message is to nourish um, this potential female before their workout. So they would get a sample size of Kind Bars, a surprise and delight, um, right to the doorstep of their home, right? It's in the, uh, the in this case, the, the Lululemon Athleta box. They open it up and um, there is a nice surprise and delight opportunity for them, which is a Kind Bar. The Kind Bar most likely would have an overwrap on it and a collateral card. The collateral card will have a QR code, and this is what we've spent so much time developing over the last few years. Uh, the QR code can take you to a variety of different uh, experiences. It could start off with conversational commerce and have a quick chat and get to know you. Uh, it then could lead to an online offer, a coupon. It could lead to 
add to cart at your favorite retailer, add it to uh, walmart.com, add it to Amazon. You know, what if it's a shopper objective uh, for a brand, they could select a specific retailer or a variety of different retailers. It could lead to a video if there's a unique selling proposition that the brand um, would like to share a recipe. So there's all sorts of opportunities to take that physical sample, encourage them to try it, have a, a fun, light conversation with the consumer, maybe sharing a bit about the product attributes, um, and then ultimately uh, work on the conversion. So it sort of perfectly couples that physical um, trial um, to that digital experience that we know so many people are, you know, spending time on, as you indicated, and and, and are very comfortable with. Sri, what I heard there is first and foremost, the sample rides piggyback on an e-commerce transaction that a consumer is expecting. So when they open the box, they're expecting to get something, but they're surprised to get a sample. And that means that there's a high likelihood that they're actually going to use that sample. So that's, that's tremendous. And then you can further digitally engage those consumers. And not only that, but you can select the consumers based on their lifestyle. So that is a really great way of getting the right sample into the right consumer's hand, ensure there's visibility, and then start engaging with them. Wow, that's tremendous. So, all right, Alan, we always talk about this concept of sausage making. Let's mm. talk about how you make the sausage, all right? Tell us about the end-to-end -end client experience of working with Brandshare. When a brand decides that they want to work with you, you know, what happens next? What is the the time to execution from engagement, right, to implement? And, you know, what other challenges uh, are faced by them in terms of sampling around product cost and distribution issues? Sure. Yeah, great question. Um, when you engage with Brandshare, right, we spend a lot of, of time and energy, of course, trying to build the right staff, a staff that that understands what consumer packaged goods objectives are and their KPI. So we have a very experienced sales team, a very um, amazing client success team. So hopefully uh, the brands will be engaging with, with you know, a great team of, of knowledgeable experts. Um, but the first thing we try to understand is, you know, obviously what is their objectives? You know, what is their budget? How are they going about trial? And then to your point, once we understand that, you know, a little bit from their, uh, a little bit about the profile of who they're trying to attract. And we'll give them a number of different options of how to appropriately select the right cohorts. Um, once we have sort of understood the size and the weight um, and all of the uh, details that go into sampling, um, and we understand who the audience is, we'll then begin to talk about that digital experience, right? What, what should it be? What are we trying to tell the consumers? Do we want um, the end game to be to add it to cart or do we want to try to drive them uh, with some sort of other incentive? Um, through, through our digital experience. So there are a, a number of different, uh, conversations. You know, ideally the brand may have a brief and we can, you know, educate ourselves through that brief and, and be very targeted in terms of how we go about this process. I guess the one thing which, you know, I'm sure you guys understand is, you know, the sampling, especially when it is a, a real product, there are logistics involved. You know, one, a, a brand has to have samples. Those could be full-size products or um, they could have produced samples for any sort of new product launch or SKU extension. So um, that is, you know, you have to identify how many samples they have, have they been purchased, 
expiration dates, if it's chocolate, you know, we, we have all sorts of protocols if it could melt, you know, in terms of the shipping. So we're very uh, diligent and careful uh, about those uh, particular elements. And from a lead time standpoint, it, it just because of the shipping and uh, the different uh, e-com audiences it goes to, it's probably about six weeks to about 12 weeks um, in terms of before a program can go live. But often when we're engaging with the client, the lead times could be anywhere from three months. Uh, and, and obviously some clients through their planning process will make commitments 12 months in advance. Um, and, and, and it's really part of their, you know, their annual plan and, and uh, marketing calendar. You know, Alan, you went the spectrum of yoga pants to chocolates. <laughs> so, uh, right. you know, one melts when it gets hot and one actually is used in hot yoga. So I found, because we've gone the spectrum of categories, I do want to determine for our listeners over here, how do you advise your partners, brand partners on which categories make sense for sampling? And um, is there a difference when it's a new brand and it's innovation versus a large scale brand only looking for some sort of targeted household penetration or perhaps doing a A-B testing with innovation. Actually, I wanted to ask you, do do scale brands actually partner with y'all on A-B testing innovation? Yeah, we do. A, we do a lot of testing, you know, at Brandshare. You know, we, we believe that trying to optimize the program, we can optimize both digitally and we can also optimize through creative. At times, uh, uh, brands may even have different SKUs and they want to see, you know, which one's performing better and, and how are consumers responding um, in different ways. So there are great opportunities to do a lot of learning through A-B testing, um, match panel testing, you know, get as much learning uh, as you can um, from the investment. We're bigger, we're big believers in that. In terms of categories that can be sampled, we, we, we essentially uh, do sampling campaigns across, you know, every category in CPG that I can think of. Certainly, Tons and tons of beverages are taking advantage of, you know, some of the opportunities we have. Uh, beauty is huge. Snacks, um, you know, salty snacks and bars. Um, it, it really, it really runs the gamut um, in terms of, you know, brands that are that believe that sampling is an important objective to drive trial uh, and increase household penetration. There are some categories that are challenging to sample, like obviously a frozen item um, or, or items like that can be hard. So it doesn't just have to be physical sampling. We also create um, brand experiences. So, you know, let's just say maybe a, a, a category close to your, close to your heart, it's a children's cereal. And um, while some children's cereals do make samples, uh, not all do. So instead of that, what if there was just a growth chart that comes as sort of a, a piece of collateral, you know, in those yoga pants um, for a mom that may have kids. And it's uh, just making up an example here. It's Cheerios. And it's so growth chart brought to you by Cheerios. Track your kids over a period of time. And um, it isn't an exact physical sample, but it is a, a great reminder in the home of, uh, of trial for a breakfast cereal. And again, the QR code could lead you to digitally get a free sample. So pick up, here's a, here's a free coupon that you can pick up at Walmart um, or, or some sort of other trigger um, so that mom can pick up um, that uh, whatever product was being promoted. Did I answer your question? I want to make I want to make sure I uh, heard you correctly. Yeah, you yeah, did was... the the uh, you certainly did, and thank you for actually trying to tackle 
somewhat of a tough question right there. The only one thing I want to come back to is because we discussed chocolate, right? And chocolate does melt, as you mentioned. Is, um, you know, perishable a no-go or do you do it rarely or how do you handle perishables? Yeah, so with chocolate, right, we would have different guidelines. You know, the, 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 consume, the, the package goods company would tell us at what temperatures uh, the product is safe versus not safe. And for, for in general, we probably would not um, distribute chocolate in the months from probably June to September, especially down south. But we have a whole matrix of how to appropriately ship and sample any products that could have melting. Um, and we know the different seasons, we know truck temperatures. So we really do have that, that part down to a science. And then of course, there's also the situation of expiration dates and or perishable. So that all goes into our planning when we partner with the brand. Um, so that we know that the amount of lead time that's appropriate, how things will be shipped. Um, and to make sure that those products are distributed and consumed prior to either an expiration date um, or, of course, if they're perishable. Alan, you referenced earlier your ability to target consumers on behalf of your brand clients. I'd like to double click down on that a little bit. Uh, when, when you talk about targetable segments it, and you have quite a number of retail fulfillment channels, uh, if someone wants to target a particular type of lifestyle consumer, is it is it more driven by the channel itself and the type of shoppers that are shopping that channel, or is it actually um, do you have the ability to to further target the actual consumer data at that particular retailer to fulfill the sample? Just trying to get an understanding of what these these lifestyles are capable of refining the delivery of that sample to the right consumer. Sure. So uh, again, sticking just with our vertical of e-com sampling, we have a huge amount of, of e-com retail partners, around 750, maybe even more than that. So we have this plethora of, of different e-com sites and websites that, that we can choose from to build um, these different targeted audience. So we sort of group them. You can call them cohorts. You can call them lifestyle groups. Um, but we get all sorts of great audience information from our retail partners. So we know, you know, exactly, you know, who's on their site, um, and, and what they're made up of. And then, uh, brand shares invested and a lot of research on top of that. And, you know, we've researched, we've, we've invested in fusion data, right? The combination of MRI and Simmons to give us other, you know, great audience information, um, so that we can talk even more specifically. Uh, about that um, that targeted audience. So we do sample at scale. We've done millions and millions and millions of samples on a particular campaign, but we also can do it um, relatively targeted. So it can be in it and it's it's efficient, right? I think the old way of sampling, you know, going back uh, many years into my sampling, it was all about direct mail and you would buy a list and the list might be relatively curated. Um, but the challenge with mail is it was very expensive. Um, and in addition to it being very expensive, you weren't always sure, you know, if that list was, was accurate. And I think that, uh, with today's behaviors, the mail isn't as, isn't as engaging as it used to be. Whereas if you get an e-com package that comes to your doorstep, it's like a surprise for yourself, a present to yourself, you know, each time you get the package, not many people buy yoga pants and let them sit there for a week or so, right? They can't wait to see if they're the right color, the right size, are they cute? Um, so it's a, it's a much more engaging um, sort of a, a vehicle of which to distribute um, samples. 
So pretty clear, Peter, that brand shares in the business of sampling. What do you think, Peter? And a preferred <laughs> uh, partner? I, I think we've I think we've used the term yoga pants probably more in this episode than in collectively the other hundred or so episodes that we've produced. Right? That is true. Peter. So I'm unique in that. I'm, I'm unique in that regard. There, there we you go. There we go. There you so, go. you know, when I think of the world of sampling, your uh, partners, aka brands, are going to be hungry and eager to know how the results were and what sort of data they can get back from you in terms of um, consumer response. So we know your services are much more than simply boxing samples and having a distribution network and a whopping 700 plus e-commerce websites to get these samples out, but you're also in performance media to make sure the trip interruption point for the consumer is triggered right online. You're in shopper audience measurement, obviously, you're in micro-targeting so that the right household gets the sample. And that comes back to conversational commerce or even part of media, retail media network. So could you give our audience a highlight of all these other services that you have going on? Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, it, it's all about measurement. It's all about ROI. It's all about delivering on, on KPIs. I mean, that is what uh, brands are looking for and, and always have been. So uh, we have invested you know, very heavily in, in, in being able to deliver on that. Um, so I keep going back to the QR code, but the, it all starts with that engagement, right? We can use that QR code to fire a survey and, and get all sorts of information that's survey based. We will know what the engagement level from the QR code is. We'll know how long people, um, engaged with the conversational commerce. If you include a video, we'll know how long and how many views, uh, you got in the video. We'll know how much product was carded and by which retailers and which SKUs. Uh, if it was a coupon offer, we can help track that coupon offer in terms of, you know, now you start to get down to redemption. So there are many, many different, you know, we have a dashboard that's going to provide uh, the brand with exactly how a particular campaign performed. And then, of course, it's all about data, too. Um, so once we know that a consumer engaged in the QR code, the brand then has the ability to retarget that consumer. We can assist with that process two months after the campaign, one month, three months, and also create these very high resolution lookalikes. Um, I'm, I'm scared to use yoga pants again, but just sticking with continuity here. If a mom with kids that bought yoga pants engaged, um, on the QR code, we will be able to find, um, through a lot of different, you know, sophisticated data matching, a whole bunch of people that look exactly, um, like that Sally, um, in this particular example and, and do a very, um, as I mentioned, high resolution lookalike campaign, uh, that should perform very well. So it's almost an ex the data that you're, that you're talking about. It, it then helps extend, um, uh, the effectiveness of the sampling campaign. Um, for months, you know, months, months into the future. You know, Peter, Alan might have single-handedly given Fabletics and Lululemon a boost here on the CPG guys. I hope they're listening. You know, he had me at QR code, Shree. I've been diligently trying to figure out how to grow QR codes on asparagus stalks and lobster shells. And I'm going to figure it out. And it will be revolutionary. But in any event. Uh, my final question for you, Alan, is really about the value proposition, right? Why should brands work with you above all others in the industry? What is it that makes 
your secret sauce so special and why Brandshare is the preeminent partner for brands looking to get samples into the hands of consumers? Uh, it's a great question. Um, I, I, we live and breathe this every day. You know, I think a lot of times when I look at making choices in my own uh, uh, companies that I partner with, you sort of look at what the roots are. And for since the, since our founding fathers, the Geyer family, you know, began this company, we have been committed to try to figure out uh, a very efficient, a very effective, and a very measurable way to create you know brand experiences and sampling. So our entire company, our entire team, you know, we wake up, uh, we live and breathe this every day, and we ask for feedback. What do the brands think? What do consumers think? You know, how how is it performing? Um, but at the end of the day, we really believe that this um, that this product line that we're talking about, you know, e-commerce sampling, is you know one innovative, two cost efficient. Three, it's a very fun uh, environment for, for, for consumers to, to uh, receive a surprise and delight uh, opportunity for, you know, to try a new brand. It, it, it goes right into your home. It's one-to-one, so you have 100% share of voice. Um, and then through that tech stack we talked about, very measurable. You're going to know exactly how the program performed. You're going to get a great, um, you know, post-campaign report with lots of learning and then as we talked about, you know, you can then leverage the audience that you did engage with um, as part of a retargeting and lookalike, you know, digital media campaign. So I think there's a lot of, you know, interesting things. Most importantly, um, we listen to the brief, we listen to the client's KPIs, and we have so many opportunities and, and, and products within, within Brandshare that we can really tweak and customize them um, based, on what those, uh, based on what those KPIs are. You know, the most important words there, Alan, were you listen to the brief, you listen to the brand's needs, and that's how the KPIs get curated in the first place. So, Peter, let's try and sum up what we got in episode two today. Number one, if it's not clear already in episode one, brand share isn't the business of sampling, pretty clear. But sampling comes with metrics. Sampling comes with audience targeting. It comes with things such as retargeting, lookalike, which Alan just mentioned a few seconds ago. There's also the world of conversational commerce that we've touched. And we even talked about QR codes that, Peter, you and I have known to love in the industry. And if you're in New York City these days, that is the way you get a menu. Um, you know, 10 years behind China, but that is the way you get a menu. So uh, connected sampling is the word that comes to my mind, Peter, in a 24-7 browse by omni-channel environment. And... Um, a-B testing was another word that uh, very personal to me. You know, this is how innovation should be launched. And then for large-scale brands looking for household penetration, this could be an answer. Your thoughts, Peter? Yoga pants, Sri. Yoga pants. But seriously, if you're a brand and you want to get your product in the hands of highly targeted consumers through some very efficient channels that to Alan's point, get that one-to-one -one connection and ensures it gets in front of them. They've built a very rich, deep network of retail partners that are already fulfilling transactions to these consumers. This gets it in front of them and ensures that the brand has a chance to be sampled and for them to retarget and, and, and secure uh, full-size purchases of these products. So I think it's very exciting. 
Peter's word of the day, yoga pants. Shri's word of the day, melted chocolate. But the CPG guy's word of the day, brand share as a partner of choice for connected sampling. With that, I'd like to remind our audience, you can find all our content on cpgguys.com. Do not forget, folks, this audience is shaped based on what you tell us you'd like to hear. Best way to do that, simply go to the search bar on LinkedIn, type CPG Guys, that easy. Hit the plus button that says follow next to it and be part of this growing family of retailers, brands, service providers that is reshaping and transforming the needs of the uh, consumer packaged goods industry to do what we all love to do, which is deliver products at quality and value to the consumer. Alan, I want to thank you for appearing on this episode two of our partnership with you folks. But for our audience, could you share one more time if they want to track you down or if they want to actually connect with y'all, what's the best way for them to do it to get the brand share experience? Thanks again for your time. I actually made it through the whole podcast without you guys discovering that I'm a diehard Boston fan. So that that went well for me. And uh, please, if you take a look at brandshare.us, um, that would be our website or find us on LinkedIn. And uh, either, there's a number of different uh, ways that you can directly connect with us uh, through those two different uh, mediums. Alan found a way to avoid the most controversial topic of the day because Boston is really only one game ahead of us uh, in, in the latest standings as of 6.44 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on May the 20th, Thursday. And uh, I can't wait for that series, Alan. I hope you, you're looking forward to that series as well. And I can predict that'll um, have Cole and Kluber for sure, followed by Losiaga, who of late has been pitching a 1.5. So, um, With that, for all our listeners, part three will be coming soon in the next uh, couple months. And episode, a reminder that episode one was May 29th with Branch's founder, Doug and uh, Peter. As always, week over week, thank you so much. Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, what can I say? The, the, The battle continues. And as I say, if you can't be a Dodger fan... Be a Red Sox fan because, you know, at the end of the day, we're still gunning for the Yankees. Very smartly, the two gentlemen on this week's episode chose to say that right at the end and not at the beginning. Thank thank you, Peter. Thank you, Alan. Folks, that's a wrap for today. We'll catch you again soon on the next episode of the CPG Guys. Content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, 
or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.